Thank you for listening to this sermon from Hope Church, Toronto West. It is our prayer that through these audio sermons, you are challenged and transformed by the Word of God, built up in love and faith, and drawn more to the person and work of Jesus Christ. We want to remind you that these online resources are never meant to be a substitute for God's good plan for you to be present, connected, and serving in a local church under the care of qualified elders. If you live in the West Toronto area and are looking for a local church, we encourage you to come check out one of our Sunday services. Now as you prepare your heart to receive God's word, we pray that His Spirit would use the sermon powerfully in your life. When the Apostle Paul wanted to teach the church at Rome about humility and unity, uh, he went to Proverbs. Proverbs 3.7 in Romans 12.16. When the Apostle Peter wanted to teach young churches about conceit and divisions and folly and judgment, he turned also to the Proverbs. Proverbs 3.34 and 1 Peter 5.5 and Proverbs 10.12 and 1 Peter 4.8 and Proverbs 26.11 and 2 Peter 22.22 and and there's much more. And when the writer to the Hebrews wanted to encourage Christians to uh, endure suffering, he turned to the Proverbs. Proverbs 3.11 and 12 and Hebrews 12.5-6. Even the Lord Jesus Christ himself spoke the parable of the wedding feast in Luke 14, right from the truths of Proverbs 25, 6, and 7. I want you to consider the beauty and the power of the Proverbs. Clearly, loved ones, what Proverbs has to say bears tremendously upon the church of Jesus Christ and upon our lives. We saw that very practically in the last two sermons in our series, and we sought wisdom for our words. And man, oh man, do we need wisdom for our words. Man, oh man, do we long to be a church that when we speak and when we tweet and when we blog, that what is coming from our hearts out of our mouths is wisdom. Jesus says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And today, loved ones, we bring more wisdom from the book of Proverbs to bear upon our lives And upon our church, the title of this morning's message is this, Wisdom for the Lazy. Wisdom for the Lazy. I bet that we have a lot of people in this church that have a lot of lazy habits that we're not even aware of. I bet that there are people in this church with a lot of behaviors. We're put it into a category in the book of Proverbs. It would fall accurately in the category of a laziness or a slothfulness. And the reason I say this is because as I was studying Proverbs this week, that's what was happening to me. That God was revealing to me areas of sluggishness and laziness in my life that I didn't even know were there. That laundry basket full of Pastor Jason's clothes that patient Aileen has been gently hinting at to put away. That chimney that's deteriorating at Pastor Jason's house that needed to get repaired months ago. 
that suitcase that didn't get put away from Pastor Jason's trip to Calgary from April. God's word was challenging me this week in a way that I was not expecting. And I know it will be the same for you if your heart is open. So I want you to take your Bibles right away and go with me to Proverbs chapter 6. If you don't have a Bible, you can put up your hand and one of the ushers would love to put a copy of God's word into your hand. And if you don't own one, that Bible would be our gift to you. We would absolutely love for you to take it home and read it and have your life changed by the word of God. Proverbs chapter 6, verses 6 to 11 is where we're going to be today. And it's going to serve a bit like a launching pad into other Proverbs that are going to teach us on this subject here. Proverbs 6, 6 to 11, look what it says. Starting from verse 6, it says, Go to the ant, O sluggard. Consider her ways and be wise. Without having any chief, officer, or ruler, she prepares her bread in summer and gathers her food in harvest. How long will you lie there, O sluggard? When will you arise from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest. And poverty will come upon you like a robber and want like an armed man. Tackling the issue and the subject that's a very real issue for so many in the church today, the issue of laziness. This is where we're going to start if you're taking notes. We're going to find wisdom for the lazy. And here's point number one. We need to see first uh, the wisdom of the godly. The wisdom of the godly. Here in the verses that we just read, as is the case throughout all of Proverbs, we have an important contrast being made between wisdom and foolishness. Specifically, here in our text, between the ant and the sluggard. The ant is the metaphor for wisdom and diligence and hard work, while the sluggard is the one who is lazy. In fact, that's what the word sluggard means in the Hebrew. Sluggish, slothful, lazy. And so the sluggard is exhorted to look to the ant. The lazy person is instructed to look to the wise, notice it in verse 6. It says, go to the ant, O sluggard. Consider her ways and be wise. Now, you need to know that when the sluggard is addressed throughout Proverbs, it's done in an almost comedic, sarcastic way. And this is because laziness leads to such a pathetic existence. And the Bible is not shy to address that. It's almost as if in, in the Proverbs we find that the lazy are being mocked and, and made fun of because laziness leads to such a pathetic existence such that the lazy one is sarcastically instructed to take his cues from the smallest, most demeaning of insects, the ants. And so I want you to notice that the sluggard is urged first to get up and go. Notice it. Go to the ant. Why? Why? Because the lazy are never moving. 
They're always stuck. They're stuck in an existence of apathy. Now, I want you to notice also that the sluggard is urged to consider the ant's ways, to contemplate. Why? Because the lazy are often paralyzed in thought, rarely putting their minds to good use. So the sluggard is urged to consider carefully, to contemplate the ways of the wise. I want you to notice finally the intended outcome. Look at verse 6. Go to the ant, consider her ways, here it is now, and be wise. Why? Because laziness and sluggishness and slothfulness is foolishness. Did you know that? Now, just before we go on, I don't want there to be any confusion here. I want you to remember that everything we receive from the book of Proverbs is lived out in the strength and in the power of the Lord Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit through a reverent relationship with Jesus Christ. And God always, always cares most about the heart. So I need to say this, that there are people, perhaps, who are physically confined for various reasons, but the disposition of their hearts is not laziness. That there may be people who can't work for legitimate reasons, but the disposition of their hearts is not laziness. That there may be people who can't serve in the church or in the city in the way that they would like to for various reasons, but the disposition of their heart is not laziness. This small minority of people is not who Proverbs is speaking to. Proverbs is addressing, however, people who are able, people who are not confined, people who are not physically restrained, people who have no legitimate reason to be inactive or sluggish or slothful, but who do have laziness in their heart. Do you have laziness in your heart? You have sluggishness in your heart? You have an area of your life where there is slothfulness? It's the young, able-bodied person who's contributing zero to the church or their community because the disposition of their heart is laziness. It's the successful businessman who works hard all day but who comes home and contributes zero to his marriage and to his children because laziness is in his heart. It's the student who sleeps every chance they get, fooling around all semester and then end up cramming all night before an exam. And of course they fail, but they wonder why. Because laziness is in the heart. Each of these examples, loved ones, in each of these examples, the problem is one of laziness of the heart, perhaps undetected, but very present. Throughout the remainder of this message, here's my challenge for you as I've been challenged this week. That you would consider the state of your heart. And that you would consider perhaps if laziness, sluggishness, or slothfulness is in your heart because I've been praying that our church be a diligent 
hard working church. That's what I'm praying for this week. That we wouldn't be slothful, sluggish, but that we would be a diligent people. So I want to show you uh, three lessons from the wise that we find in our text. Three lessons. Let's get started with this. We must, number one, learn to lead our own hearts. That's the lesson we get from the wise. I want you to notice verses t- 6 to 7. It says, go to the ant, O sluggard, consider her ways, and be wise, here it is, without having any chief, officer, or ruler. This is remarkable. I read this week that according to different estimates, ants carry uh, 10 to 50 times their body weight, or maybe even more. When asked the question, does the queen control the colony of ants in all their work, a biologist replied, no. Despite her size and royal title, the queen does not boss the workers around. Instead, workers decide which tasks to perform based on personal preferences, interactions with nestmates, and cues from the environment. The colony exhibits a division of labor where different individuals specialize in different jobs. You see what's happening in our text. The the ant, look to the ant, consider her ways and be wise. The ant doesn't have any need for a chief, officer, or ruler. There's no one standing over the ant saying, go here, go there. No, they take initiative. And this is the meaning of this verse. That the wise are marked by an initiative. An initiative to lead their own hearts. Very interesting that one of the marks of ants is that they take initiative, that they don't need to be directed or supervised or followed up with. That's what verse 7 says. This is one of the marks of the wise. They are diligent. But not because someone is standing over them. Not because someone is directing them. One of the marks of the wise is that they have learned to lead their own hearts. They've learned to take initiative and to be diligent. That they don't work just because someone is standing over their shoulder. But they have learned to lead their own hearts. If you're lazy in your abiding relationship with Jesus Christ, there's no one to blame. But that you have failed to lead your own heart there to the feet of Jesus every day. You're lazy in your marriage. Oh, we can think of every excuse in the book, but there's no one to blame but that you have failed to lead your own heart to be diligent in your marriage. If you're lazy with your ministry or you're simply not serving the Lord anywhere, there's no one to blame but a failure to lead your own heart. You're lazy with your finances, or you're lazy with your diet, or you're lazy with your exercise routines. There's no one to blame but a failure to lead your own heart. Proverbs says, learn from the ant. In other words, learn from the wise. The ant who has no need for a chief or a supervisor or a ruler or an officer. They lead themselves to where they need to go. They work diligently. And before we get all self-righteous 
before we get all high and mighty about what other people need to be doing. Important question to ask yourself. Am I, have I learned to lead my own heart before I try to lead others? It's a good question for leaders. You can't lead where you don't go. You can't teach what you don't know. So consider the answer without having any chief officer or ruler. They are diligent. Three lessons from the wise. We must learn to lead our own hearts. Secondly, this. We must live in the blessing of diligence. Live in the blessing of diligence. Notice verses 8 and 9. It says, uh, starting from verse 6, Go to the ant, O sluggard, consider her ways, and be wise without having any chief, officer, or ruler. Notice this now. She prepares her bread in summer and gathers her food in harvest. Verse 9, How long will you lie there, O sluggard? When will you arise from your sleep? I want you to notice again the contrast between the ant and the sluggard, how the ant diligently prepares her bread in summer and how the sluggard is pictured as laying down and sleeping. Notice also the outcome of the ant's diligence in verse 8. She prepares her bread in summer and gathers food in harvest. I don't want you to miss this point, loved ones. Here we have wisdom and common sense at its finest. This is not rocket science, but it is much needed wisdom. The ant lives in the blessing of eating her bread in the summer and gathering her food in harvest because she has worked diligently and intentionally and tirelessly in the season of sowing and planting and threshing. The sluggard, on the other hand, is found sleeping. I want you to notice it in verse 9. How long will you lie there, O sluggard? When will you arise from your sleep? Here's the idea. How long are you going to lay there doing nothing? How long are you going to make excuses for doing nothing? This is foolishness. How long are you going to keep rationalizing, doing nothing? The ant eats and harvests the crop because she works. The ant reaps the reward of diligence. And so it is with every person that embraces the wisdom of God's word. The lazy, as we'll see, experience consequences, but the diligent live in the blessing of their word. Lessons from the wise. We must learn to lead our own heart, live in the blessing of diligence. Finally, we must leave, walk away from the consequences of laziness. Notice verses 10 to 11. It says, a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest. Watch this. Consequence. And poverty will come upon you like a robber and want like an armed man. Now, all throughout Proverbs, poverty is associated with laziness. You see it everywhere. And what's being communicated right here is twofold. The utter cluelessness and blindness 
and perpetual rationalization of the lazy and the inevitable consequences of such laziness. A little sleep never hurt anybody. I'm tired. A little rest is all I need. But it's not 20 minutes, not half an hour. It just goes on and on. I, I deserve it. I, I just need to sit here for a while, folding my hands. Ever find yourself in that situation? And deep in your heart, you know that you need to get to work. Deep in your heart, you know you need to get back to it. Deep in your heart, you know there's something that needs to be attended to. What happens in this kind of rationalization is it gives way to the reality that this is not real rest. This is full-blown laziness. You ever experienced that? Some of you say, well, what's wrong with that? Well, the answer is it's foolish. It's foolish, and it will bring serious consequences to your life. Look at verses 10 and 11 again. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest. Watch this. And poverty will come upon you like a robber in want, like an armed man. In other words, those who refuse to hear the wisdom of Proverbs, it's calling them out of laziness in their marriage, for example. Calling them out of laziness in their finances. They're calling them out of laziness in their ministry. They're calling them out of laziness in their walk with Christ. They're calling them out of laziness in their friendships. They're calling them out of laziness in their vocation. Those who refuse to learn from the wisdom of the ant will be suddenly awakened by the dangers that their unpreparedness has brought upon them. And the picture here is that the lazy person is suddenly awakened to the danger, to the poverty that has come upon them. Why? Because they're clueless. They've rationalized their way all the way to the point where danger and poverty has come upon them. Consequences. I wonder if any of us are living in the consequences of our own laziness. Lack of diligence. Proverbs 10, 4 to 5 says, A slack hand causes poverty, but the hand of the diligent makes rich. He who gathers in summer is a prudent son, but he who sleeps in harvest is a son who brings shame. Sleepiness, sluggishness, laziness is associated with poverty and danger and shame that suddenly comes upon those who will not be awakened by the wisdom of God's word. Now, people often tease me because I really care about my lawn. People make fun of me because I really care a lot that my lawn is green. I care a lot that my lawn is cut and tidy I care a lot that the edges are trimmed. In fact, it's one of the few things in my life that I can do and step back and say, 
finished. Wow, completed the task. It looks so good. And I'll sit on my chair and say, wow, look at that edge. And look at the green. It looks so good, right? But did you know that this is even biblical? Bear with me. Bear with me. I want you to flip over in your Bible to Proverbs 24. Proverbs 24. Let me hear the pages turning. 24 verses 30 to 34. This is a parallel text to Proverbs 6. This is what it says. Proverbs 24, 30 to 34. You should be there by now. It says, I passed by the field of a sluggard. By the vineyard of a man lacking sense. And behold, it was all overgrown with thorns. The ground was covered with nettles and its stone wall was broken down. Then I saw and considered it. I looked and received instruction. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands and poverty will come upon you like a robber and want like an armed man. The picture here in the parallel text in Proverbs 24 is of an unkept field. Someone wants to clap. I, I'm with you. I'm, I'm with you. Amen. You can clap to that. But here's what I want to ask you. What is it that's unkept in your life? What is it that needs tending to in your life? Is it your marriage? Is it your finances? Is it your children? Is it your work? Do you go and just punch in and punch out and pay no attention? What consequences has laziness produced as a result? Have you suddenly been awakened to a marital crisis that seems to have come upon you out of nowhere? But it's not out of nowhere. It's because you've been lazy and sluggish and slothful in your marriage, and like an armed man, like poverty, it comes upon you, and you're facing the consequences of a difficult marriage, maybe. Maybe it is your financial circumstance. It seems like it just all of a sudden came upon you. How did, how did I get into this situation? But it's not all of a sudden. You've been lazy in your budgeting. You've been slothful. You've been unkept. some lessons that we learn from the wise. We need to learn to lead our own hearts. We want to be people who can live in the blessing of diligence. And we want to be people who leave, leave behind the consequences of laziness. You can do that today. You can consider the diligence, wisdom for the lazy. We must learn from the wisdom of the godly. Finally, this, we must learn also from the foolishness of the lazy. Flip over now to Proverbs 26. Flip over in your Bible. I want to hear the pages turning. Flip over in your Bible to Proverbs 26, verses 12 to 16. I'm going to read it. You should get there just about now. Proverbs 26, verses 12 to 16. This is what it says. It says, do you see a man who is wise in his own eyes? There's more hope for a fool than for him. 
verse 13 says, the sluggard says, there's a lion in the road. There's a lion in the street. Verse 14, as the door turns on its hinges, so does a sluggard on his bed. The sluggard buries his hand in the dish. It wears him out to bring it back to his mouth. The sluggard is wiser in his own eyes than seven men who can answer seven All right. A few thoughts from this text. Not only does Proverbs call us to learn from the wise, but Proverbs calls us to learn lessons from the foolish, namely what not to do. And you learn what not to do by looking at some of the marks of the foolish, some of the marks of the lazy. So really quick, let's see this. The lazy are motivated by this, a pride. Pride. I want to show you in the text. Because you need to know what not to do. You need to see how foolish it is so you can run away from it. The lazy are motivated by pride. Verse 12 says, do you see a man who is wise in his own eyes? There's more hope for a fool than for him. Verse 16 repeats it, but adds the sluggard, applies it to the sluggard. The sluggard is wiser in his own eyes than seven men who can answer sensibly. Somehow, the lazy believe that it's wise to waste a day away in slumber. Pride. You've convinced yourself that this way is best. That's why you're doing it. And no matter how irrational the thought is, the lazy rationalize and justify their own slothfulness, that's pride. You know what it feels like. You're sitting there. Let me just take a break. And all of you who work from home, work from home, you work from home. COVID was just amazing for you. You work from home. You sit, Let me just go to the backyard. Let's take a break and have my lunch. Okay, half an hour, an hour, uh-oh, an hour and 15, an hour and a half. Two, three hours. Nobody's looking over your shoulder, but you haven't learned to lead your own heart. And you've convinced yourself that this is good. This is good. This is okay. I should keep doing this. That's pride. We see that in the Bible. The lazy are motivated by their own pride. Beware of laying on your couch for hours binge-watching Netflix or scrolling mindlessly through your social media or making it a habit to oversleep. If you're starting to believe that those things are a good idea, then you may be entering into the realm of wise in my own eyes because all the wisdom of Scripture would say you are slipping, if not have slipped, completely into slothfulness. So the lazy are motivated by pride. Secondly, the lazy are full of excuses. The lazy are full of excuses. Look at verse 13. The sluggard says, there's a lion in the road. There's a lion in the streets. I want you to see right here in Proverbs, this is sarcasm. It's almost comedic in God's word. This is sarcasm. The, the reason the sluggard gives for not working diligently is so ridiculous. In fact, they're not legitimate reasons at all. They're excuses. I can't work today. There's a lion in the street. I might get eaten alive. I, I can't leave my house. I better stay here. There's danger out there. You see, they're, ex they're excuses. That's what Proverbs is conveying to us. 
Proverbs 20, verse 4 says, the sluggard does not plow in the autumn season. He will seek at harvest and have nothing. Derek Kidner, a commentator, says, the reason the sluggard does not plow in autumn is because it's too cold. He's making an excuse. This is comedic. This is sarcastic. The sluggard stays inside and doesn't work diligently, and he gives excuse. It's too cold outside. He's soft, Derek Kidner says, and he has believed his own rationalization, full of excuses. The lazy are motivated by pride. They're full of excuses. Thirdly, the lazy are never making progress. Lazy are never making progress in any area of their lives. Look at verses 14 to 15. As a door turns on its hinges, so does a sluggard on his bed. A door on its hinges is moving, but it's never going anywhere. That's just like the one who is lazy. He could be moving, but rarely making progress. The sluggard begins something, but cannot finish it because they're full of excuses, because they rationalize. The sluggard rolls over in his bed, back and forth, snooze to the alarm clock, turns over again, snooze to the alarm clock, turns over again, like a door on its hinges. There's a sluggard in his bed, turning in his bed, making excuses, never making progress. Notice verse 15. The sluggard, this is comedy. The sluggard buries his hand in the dish and it wears him out to bring it back to his mouth. See the sarcasm? It's almost like they're making fun. The Bible's making fun of the lazy person. It's mocking the lazy person. It's so crazy that even the basic task for the lazy person. The most basic task of putting the spoon to the cereal bowl and lifting it up to eat it. They can't complete it. They don't make progress. Is this convicting for you? It's convicting for me when I look around the house and I see all the unfinished projects. Now, legitimately, there's some things we can't get to because there's just not enough time. But if you're honest, like I was honest this week, I could totally do that. If I just get up a little bit earlier, I could totally do that. If I just put in a little bit more effort, I could totally do that. If I just sacrifice a little bit of my comfort, I, I could totally do that. I could get that done. We often make excuses for never proceeding making progress. And perhaps there's people here today that need this rebuke from God's Word or this correction. That perhaps you're in a place in your life right now and you're not where you thought you would be. You thought you'd be further along. And maybe that's due to uncontrollable circumstances. Or could it be that it's due to laziness? You haven't made progress because you haven't been diligent. A lazy. One final thing. 
the lazy, I would add, are actually stupid Christians. Look at verse 15 again. The sluggard buries his hand in the dish, wears him out to bring it back to his mouth. When you really think about it, there's a reason why the Bible speaks so sarcastically about laziness. Because it is ridiculous. Really? You're 40 years old? And you spend most of your time playing video games? That's ridiculous. Say, what's wrong with that? I mean, I like that. Hey, it may not be a sin, but it's ridiculous. And it crosses over into sin if you're not careful. Really? You made it through university, but now you stay at home all day searching the internet for how to get rich quick, and you call that working? Really? That's ridiculous. Just use common sense. Proverbs is all about common sense. Really? You've been saved for years, attending a local church, and you're still not serving anywhere, and you're always late to the service? Really? You're always late? It's kind of ridiculous. Laziness. Get up. Stand up. Wake up. Ask the Lord to fill you with strength and zeal and energy and to put off slothfulness. We want to be a church that rolls up our sleeves and works for Jesus Christ and honors him in our work and honors him in our marriages and honors him in our finances and honors him with our bodies. We want this place to be bustling on Sunday mornings. We want this place to be bustling from Monday to Friday in our office. We want Reach the City to be bustling because there's so many people who are saying, we do not want the consequences of laziness. We do not want that day to just do nothing. We want to work for Jesus Christ and Experience the blessing of diligence. Amen? So, the word of God is so precious, beloved. It's so practical. It's so convicting. And yet so empowering. Remember, Followers of Jesus Christ can only live out what's brought to us in Proverbs by the strength and the help of Jesus Christ himself and the filling of the Holy Spirit. And here's a simple challenge for you as we close. The worship team could come. Would you begin to identify areas in your heart that are given over to slothfulness and lazy? And would you simply repent of that? Lord, forgive me. I've been lazy. I've been slothful. And would you today, would you today, with the, with the cross before you, we serve a, a resurrected Lord. We're filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, with the gospel in front of us. Would you say, I want to commit today to live a diligent life. I want to serve in this church in the most diligent way. I want to put away the excuses. And I want to walk with my brothers and sisters in this community and all the blessings of diligence. Would you just pray that simple prayer to the Lord? Lord, be my strength in this. Be my help in this. I'm going to lead you in that prayer right now. Why don't you bow your heads?
For more resources and information about Hope Church Toronto West, please visit hopechurchtw.ca.